So I don't know about you, but have you ever had a moment where you just got really, really mad at God? Like you just, you were really frustrated. And maybe it was a season where you were asking God to be really clear and speak, and he didn't. Maybe for you, it, it, was, a, it was a health issue for yourself or for somebody close to you that you prayed that God would, would heal that person and, and it didn't play out the way that you thought it would. Maybe it's a relationship. Or, or maybe, you know, th- this has happened in my life numerous times where you, where you move forward with what God has told you to do. It's really clear. You, you're, you think, man, I've heard from God, and then it doesn't go even remotely close to how you expected it to go. And all of us, no matter where you are today, even if you're here today and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't know if, if God's out there. There's moments where we've all been frustrated and angry with God. There's moments where we've all questioned, you know, why, why doesn't God stop this? I mean, we've watched the news and scrolled through Twitter over the last several weeks and just gone, what is even going on in our world? Where's God in the midst of this? Where's God in the midst of y- your relational strife right now, your struggles? Where's God in the midst of the addiction that the people closest to you are struggling with? Where's God in the midst of the loneliness that you're walking through right now? See, at some point, there will come a season in your life when God will not make sense, where God will disappoint you, where God will frustrate you, where God will ask you to do something that you really, really just don't feel like doing. There will come a moment in your life where, where you'll pray a prayer and it won't get answered on your timetable. Where God will seem silent. See, which brings us to the question for this series, for the next four weeks. What do you do when God doesn't make sense? What do you do? Now, if you sit in a small group, you know, here, or you sit with a friend at coffee, and they tell you a story about how God doesn't make sense in their life, you're going to be tempted to give a Christian cliche answer. Just trust God. You'll get through it. He's got something better for you. And all of those are true. But we also need to have space in our faith for disappointment with God. The Bible does. We need space in our faith for anger with God, because the Bible does. We need space in our faith to question God because the Bible says it's okay. And here's what also needs to happen. There needs to be space in our faith for the dumb things that we're going to do and still receive God's grace, because the Bible also has that. Which brings us to a story that if you have a church background, you've heard a number of times, and if you've seen Pinocchio, then you have a kind of a running idea of the story of Jonah. But the story of Jonah is, to me, it is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And here's why. It's a story that a lot of people know, but there are a lot of details in it that we really skip over a lot of times. Now, Jonah lived about 700 BC. He appears in different parts of the Old Testament. So we know kind of when he lived, when he was, which king that he was a part of. Jesus talks about him, as we'll see next week. But one of the things that sets apart the book of Jonah from the other Old Testament prophet books, so when you get into the the back end of the Old Testament and you see all these like names that, you know, when you're really struggling to figure out what do I name my kids, just go to the prophet list. You know, you got Nahum and Malachi, I mean, you know, and Micah, you know, and and Jonah. I mean, they're they're all there. Habakkuk, I mean, so like great names, you know, for firstborn kids. 
But here's one of the things I love about Jonah that's a little bit different than all the other prophet books. The prophet books are all about what God is saying to the people of God through the prophet. It's about a message that God has for them. The book of Jonah is actually just about Jonah. It's not really about the message that God has that Jonah is supposed to deliver. The whole book of Jonah is, just, is really just about Jonah's struggles. Now, when we, when we encounter Jonah, at this point in Jonah's life, Jonah is like the rock star on the prophet circuit, okay? Now, to understand that, it, it, what we know about Jonah's life is that he had worked his way into the inner circle of the king, he has advised the king, and so far, all the advice that he has given to the king has proven to be true. Now, at this point, Jonah starts to go, I'm a pretty good prophet. I'm elevated. I have influence. I have the ear of the king. He slowly starts to forget that all his prophecies and everything that he said to the king has come from God. It's kind of all about him, which we do very easily in our life. I mean, when was the last time things were going great in your life, and it's because you're awesome? didn't have anything to do with God. It's because you just, you know, you worked really hard. But then what happens the moment that things go bad? God, where are you? See, we have this idea, and Jonah does too. This is what I appreciate about him, is that Jonah has this idea that the things that go well, it's just us. The things that go wrong, it's all God. And so Jonah is, he's moving up in the, in the world of influence, right? To think in kind of our context, I mean, this is like imagining all of a sudden, like you, you, you pull up Instagram and you're like, holy cow, like I'm an influencer now. I have the blue check on Twitter. Like people know who I am. People are following me. My, things I post are viral now. Like that's Jonah at this point. Jonah has everything going his way. And then the word of the Lord comes to him. Look at verse one of chapter one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. Now, some of you are thinking, I would love for God to just speak clearly to me like that and to say, go and do this. But chances are, you would ignore that. Chances are, you would go, is that really God? Is that because I had pizza late last night? Is that, like, how do I know? And, and so God tells Jonah, Jonah, I want you to leave Israel and go to Nineveh. He says, because their evil has come up against me. Now, Nineveh is one of the most ruthless empires of the day. They're actually a sworn enemy of Israel. Now, in, in context of influence, this, at, this not at all moves Jonah's life forward. This is not at all part of his five-year plan. Do you have a five-year plan for your life? Did it last more than two days? Right? Because some of us, I mean, we're, we, have, we have a great five-year plan. We just need God to sign off on it. And, and, and Jonah's thinking, man, I, I don't know. Look at verse three. Here's his response to God. Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now his response to God calling him to something 
is, is to leave. He thinks, you know, I, I want to run the show now. I don't want God to tell me what to do. They might wonder, why Tarshish? See, many historians believe that when it says that he paid the fare, it meant that Jonah bought the whole boat. So Jonah was well off. I mean, Jonah had a lot of things going for him. Now, to give you an idea of the journey that he took, I want you to look at this map up on the screen. You can see where Joppa is, okay? You can see where Nineveh is, and you can see where Tarshish is. Now, here, here's what's really important. Here's what I found so fascinating about this. Jonah could have just stayed put. He wasn't in Joppa. He had to go to Joppa to leave. He could have just said, you know, I'm just going to stay right here where I'm at. But instead, the text tells us he went to Joppa to go to Tarshish. Now, not only did he go to Joppa, but Nineveh and Tarshish are in the exact opposite directions. Okay, Tarshish is five times the distance. I mean, Jonah, I mean, he could have just been like obstinate and stubborn and be like, I'm just going to stay put, God. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go and do anything that you call me to do. Instead, he goes in the other direction. A prophet of God. A prophet who God has spoken to. Numerous times. I mean, and, and, he, and God has, and Jonah has seen God's prophecies come true. And he says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah goes, you know what? I'd actually rather go the other way. Now, here's what Tarshish is. If you look at Nineveh on the map, it, it's, it's in the desert. It's pretty dry. If you look at Tarshish, I mean, Tarshish is green. It's on the water. I mean, I just imagine Tarshish, one historian said that it was the idealized port of the century, right? So I just imagine it's this place with like boats, you know, and, you know, recliners and like little umbrellas in your drink. Like, that's just how I imagine Tarshish. But Tarshish is also, it's the idealized life. Tarshish is the life that Jonah deserves in his mind. Tarshish is the life that he's supposed to have. Nineveh is not the life that he's supposed to have. See, some of us, the moment that God starts to not make sense is when God doesn't give us the life we thought we were going to have. See, some of us really thought our life was going to be Tarshish. It was going to be easy. It was going to be smell of salt water. You know, it was, it was going to be the, the matching outfits on Instagram in your family photo. It was, it was the easy finances, the easy career, the easy health, the easy community. That's the life you're supposed to have. Some of us have hit a fork in the road in our faith because God gave our life to somebody else. I mean, I've had this happen. I've watched other people and I thought, man, how come God answered my prayer and gave it to him? I, I asked for that. See, Jonah is supposed to, in his mind, he's like, I'm supposed to have recliners and umbrellas. I'm supposed to have the water. As we're going to see in Jonah 4, Nineveh is just surrounded by nothing. It's just barren desert. 
It's not at all what he imagined he was going to have. And part of the struggle for us, and one of the reasons we get angry with God and we struggle with our faith is when God doesn't give us the life we thought or the life we think we should have. See, and some of us, this is why I love Jonah, because I think, man, I, yeah, Tarshish. And so he gets in the boat, and he runs. And he said, the text says that he got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. See, the word presence in Hebrew, which is what Jonah's written in, means face. So Jonah thinks he is literally fleeing the face of God. He's thinking, I'm going to run so far, God's not going to find me. And some of us, we, we do this. We, we do this in our life. Some of us do things and we think, you know what, I, I don't know that God cares. Does God really care about how I, how I spoke to that person? Does God really care what I do with my free time? Does God really care? Does God? And so Jonah thinks, I, I am fleeing the face of God. And he runs to Tarshish. And, and don't miss this. I don't want you to miss this point from Jonah's life. I think many of us miss what God has for us and the life that God has for us because we are running towards a life God doesn't want for us. See, I think the reason that we miss what God has for us is because we are running after something God doesn't want for us. And and in, in my time of following Jesus, here's one of the things I've seen again and again in my life. Many times the reason God doesn't answer prayer the way that I pray it is because he's protecting me from something. He's keeping me from something. And right now, some of our frustration, and this is, this is some of our frustration, will I follow God when he doesn't give me the life I thought he was going to give me? Will I trust God when he doesn't give me the answer I expected? Will I trust God when he gives my life to somebody else? Will you trust God when your marriage doesn't play out the way you thought it would? When your health breaks down? Will you trust God when he says no? See, that, that's the struggle of Tarshish. That's the struggle of Tarshish. And so Jonah takes things into his own hands. I really appreciate that about Jonah because I, I do that exact same thing. So I appreciate that there's a guy in the Bible who wanted to take something into his own hands and then we get to see what happens. <laughs> but we're a lot like Jonah, Right? I mean, this is why this story resonates so deeply with us. We see ourselves in this text. We see ourselves in this. We think, man, I would do that. I would buy the whole boat if I could. He gets on the boat. Look at verse four. But the Lord threw a great wind onto the sea and such a great storm arose on the ship that the ship threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. And the captain approached him and said, what are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. Call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. See, this passage, this verse, depending on where you are right now, is is a hard verse to wrap our minds around. Because when we're in a storm, when God doesn't make sense, it's hard to read a verse that says, and God threw a great wind onto the sea that caused a storm. See, one of the questions we have, and as we're going to, we'll see as we get further into Jonah in the next couple weeks, is 
The question of, did God cause this? Did God just allow this? Could God stop this? And, and so we're not told exactly why the storm came, but we have, I have some guesses. I think God sent the storm to get his attention. There's some things that God's going to bring out of the storm, as we'll see in a second. But I, w- I want you to see what Jonah's doing. Jonah's asleep. Jonah's totally just oblivious and indifferent to what's going on around him. See, and this is, some of us are in a storm because of somebody like Jonah in our life. See, Jonah brought a storm into these sailors' lives. What did they do? They just got caught in the collateral around Jonah's just sin and stupidity. And so Jonah, I mean, and, and this, is, this is a great kind of picture Jonah's just asleep. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care that the ship is breaking apart. He doesn't care if, if he dies, he, as we're going to see. He just doesn't care. And everybody on the ship is crying out to their God except the prophet of God. He's just not. He's just asleep. And so the sailors say in verse 7, come on, let's cast lots, then we'll know who is to blame for this trouble we're in. And so they cast lots, and the lot singled out Jonah. And they said to him, tell us, who is to blame for this trouble we're in? What is your business, and where are you from? What is your country, and what people are you from? And Jonah answered them, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. At this point, I feel like the, the other sailors have to be like, liar. No, you don't. What does he say? What do they say? They they were seized with great fear and said to him, what have you done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. See, this is why community really matters in our life because here's Jonah and he says, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the God who made all the heavens and I'm running from the presence of the Lord and the people around him going, what? Why? And so they cast lots and they find out that it's him. See, and some of us, some of us are in this place where we're running from God. We're trying to hide from God or somebody in our life is trying to run and hide from God. And Jonah's trying to run. And and this leads to storms in our lives. This leads to storms in our lives. See, a great way to know if you're running towards God or away from God is simply what your prayer life looks like. See, your prayer life, my prayer life, is a good test if you're running away from God or towards God. What did Jonah do in the midst of the storm? He didn't pray. He just slept. We're not even told when they all started to get together to call out to their gods that he even did that. We're not even told if he prayed. He, like, it doesn't even record that he prayed. Everybody else did. Like everybody who doesn't believe in the, in the God of the Bible is calling out to their God. And here is Jonah just going, it was me. Now this is, this is hard because we have stood with people who have wrecked things 
and we're indifferent. And that's the, that's the sailors around Jonah going, what are you even doing? And so they said to him, verse 11, what should we do to you so that the sea will calm down for us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. And he answered them, pick me up and throw me into the sea so that it will calm down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this great storm that is against you. And nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. So they, not Jonah, the sailors, they called out to the Lord. Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life and don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. And then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea stopped its raging. And the men were seized with great fear of the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So God sends the storm. They hurl Jonah into the sea and the storm stops. So here's a couple of things as we think about how we handle the fork in the road of God not making sense and our anger with God from Jonah 1. The first, you can't outrun the face of God or the presence of God. You can't outrun the face of God or the presence of God. Now, on, on its own, this sounds like a threat, but it's not. See, God's grace, see, one of the things I love about Jonah is that the book of Jonah really shows us who God is and his character. Jonah runs from God and God chases after him. God gets, does everything to get Jonah's attention and heart. And Jonah is just stubborn. And for me, this is such a comfort as I just think of the stubbornness in my own heart, as I think in the stubbornness of people around me to go, God is relentless in extending his grace to stubborn people, to people who don't want to have anything to do with him. I mean, here's Jonah, a prophet of God, just going, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you, God. And some of us have people in our lives who have said, I don't want anything to do with you, God. Maybe you've said that at some point in your life. And what Jonah 1 shows us is God just says, okay, I'm, I'm just going to keep coming after you. I'm going to keep moving after you. God spared no expense to get Jonah's attention. The second thing is God will use whatever means necessary to grab our hearts. God will use health issues, relationship issues, relational wounds, financial troubles, troubled kids and teenagers, friends, your mistakes and sins, the sins and mistakes of the people closest to you. God will use whatever means necessary to grab our hearts. And he won't stop. And the last one is God uses all situations for his glory and redemption. See, one of the most astounding things about Jonah 1 is verse 16, where it says, all the men feared the Lord and offered sacrifices to him and made vows to him. Here's Jonah getting thrown off the boat. I mean, I wonder what that scene was like. The sea calms, and, and did they all just stand there kind of watching Jonah in the water? And, and then they start making vows to God? See, one of the things that we're going to see throughout 
all four chapters of Jonah is that almost everybody who encounters Jonah ends up being rescued by God and have their hearts changed by God, except really Jonah. Jonah does everything in his power to not let God in. I mean, he does everything in his power. I mean, every single chapter is just another example of Jonah going, I am not going to do what you tell me to do. And it's almost like God's going, okay, well, then I'll just save everybody else around you. And this is so important because for some of us, we're in families, you have hard relationships right now with people, and you just think, man, what is it going to take for God to break in? What is it going to take for this to change? And yet, as we sang in that song earlier, we miss how God is fighting all around us. How God is moving all around us. And so the people who are indifferent in our lives, the people who just kind of shrug their shoulders at God is exactly what Jonah's doing. And what do we see? God just saying, okay, I'm just going to keep redeeming everything around. I'm going to keep working everything around you, Jonah. I mean, you can just be dumb and stubborn and arrogant and just do your thing. And I'm just going to continue to extend mercy and grace to everybody you encounter. And so it is this reminder, especially in relationships that are hard, in family relationships where there's brokenness, we wonder when is, when is anything going to change that God is working all around, even when we don't see. God is working in the midst of the storm that seems impossible. I mean, for Jonah to get on this boat and the whole boat is saved, everybody starts worshiping God because of Jonah's sin. And, and this is hard. It's easier to look at Jonah and look at his sin and, and feel comfort in how God redeems everything out of his sin. It's a lot harder to see that in our own lives as we walk through it. It's a lot harder to look back on our childhood and try to see how maybe God is redeeming the sins of our parents or the sins of our family. It's hard to look at our own life and see how God is redeeming those sins and how God is making things right. It's, it's hard to walk through that. It's a lot easier to look at Jonah. But Jonah is a reminder that no matter how dark the storm gets, God is redeeming all things and working all things. And the last thing, this is, if, if I could sum up the message of Jonah, it's that no matter how far you run, no matter how far the people in your life run, God is chasing after them. God is chasing after you. And I think some of us in this season just need to be reminded that God is chasing after your heart. And so I don't know what storm you're in. I don't know what you're walking through. I know in my life, a lot of times I've run in my life and because I wasn't sure that God would chase after me. I think Jonah's the same way. Maybe you're running. Maybe you stopped praying because you wondered, you know, let's see if God does anything. And Jonah tells us, however far you run, God's going to chase after you. And so as we close, here, here's what I want to invite us into. Maybe for you, you're in a storm. 
and, and you're not sure why that storm is happening. Maybe you caused it. Maybe you're just, you're Jonah in, in your world right now and you, and you caused the storm that's happening. Maybe somebody else did. Maybe for you, you're in a place that do you have this invitation to stop hardening your heart like Jonah did and, and start to soften your heart towards God? Or maybe you need to pray that just God will help you to trust because you have people just like Jonah in your life. Maybe you married somebody like that. Maybe you have a child like that, a boss like that, a parent like that, a friend. See, no matter how far we run, we can't outrun the face of God. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you that as Jonah ran and as you sent the storm, you, in your mercy, chased after Jonah. And God, I know some of us right now, we are in, we are in a storm that we didn't cause. We're in a storm that somebody else caused. We're trying to figure out how we got caught in the crosshairs of it. And so God, like the people on the ship, we cry out to you for help. And God, I pray for those who are maybe in that place of Jonah, of just having a hard heart. Got to pray in these weeks as we walk through Jonah and just see how you are relentless in your pursuit of him. You are relentless in your grace to him and mercy. God, would you soften our hearts? Would you soften our hearts? And God, I pray for those who are in that place where they know that you've called them to Nineveh. They know what you've called them to. They know the decision that they're supposed to make, but man, they really want Tarshish. And God, may we not lose hope when we don't get the life we expected. May we not lose faith when we don't get the health that we expected, the finances that we expected or hoped for or even the relationships that we hoped for. So God, I thank you that you placed Jonah in the Bible, that through the power of your spirit, you caused this story to be written down for us to see it, for us to feel it, to be reminded that when we are like Jonah, you chase us and you rescue us and you calm the storms. In your name.